love the ocean life. <sighs> Salt air, sea breeze, seagulls. I mean, does it get better than this, yeah. guys? Look over there. Look at that seagull. It's hey, it's hey, uh, it's hanging out with there. Mike. Get out! Get get out of there! Get out! Of, they're they're trying to fly. They they took another Funko Pop. This is this is just uh, let it go, Mike. Nature is beautiful. No, this is not okay. Those are collectibles. I think the nutritional value that those seagulls will derive from the Funko Pop is more than any sort of sentimental or financial value that they're imparting to you. Bullshit. So he's choking to death. Bullshit! Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you throw rice oh, in a wedding. <laughs> Good, good. All right. Well, Funko Pop is lost, but at least that bird is dead. That's uh, that's a good, that's, Jesus, that's a good step in our direction. What? You, he fell out of the sky. You hate the birds more than uh. <clears throat> you hate the birds more than Alfred Hitchcock did, and that's why he made that movie about them. I do. They're sky pigeons. They they they're not pigeons. They're are sky rats. Shush. Also birds. <laughs> they're fine. The pigeon, no pigeons are a psyop. They're not birds. Guy, I just secured the pigeon the 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 sky pigeon vote. Yeah, Mike, we're gonna have to. You know, good thing we're out here. Good thing nobody's around. We're out here on beautiful Long Island Sound. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, could you actually? Why you guys? You you guys just ran in. Told me, Mike, no time to explain. Get on raw boat, boat round. Uh, we're dragging the the recreational out to the out to the sound. And there's still no time to explain. Just kidding, Adam. Explain. Oh yeah. Well, Mike, uh, as as we talked about last week, I had gotten contacted by this guy who wanted to sell us raw boat, boat Roan, which is a speedboat sort of themed after everybody loves Raymond, kind of specifically Robert Barone. Uh, as you can see, you know, we've got the, sort of like the sexy lady on the World War One bomber, or maybe World War II. Uh, it's Robert sort of busty, lounging on the side. Uh, you know, the nose of the boat is Robert, sort of with, you know, mouth agape, sharp teeth sort of thing. Um... The yeah, engine I'm, I'm the is in the shape of Robert, like, uh, where the, the rudder is, it sort of looks like he's kicking his feet. Like, it's a lot of little details like that, that the theme is, is very on point. But what I really do like, actually, this is not the point. I really do want to know why we're in the, in the, uh, in the ocean right now. But at the same time, I do want to say that it's a really nice touch that in order to start the boat, you have to pull the lever, but the lever is like on underneath Robert's face on the nose of the boat. So it looks like you're tapping his chin yeah. in order to get it to go. It's a very nice touch. It's a very nice touch. It's a, it, yeah. There's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So I went out here couple days ago I met the guy really cool guy um, Brad his name was and he let me take it for a test drive I went around Limbrook Lake you know one at a time of course so I went sat in the boat slowly turned the boat around and then uh, that was that was the extent of the ride but that was enough for me so I handed him I think he wanted and Alex I, I used campaign money for this because I felt like it was a, a write-off sort of expense. 50000 seemed seemed fair to me. Adam, that's that's not cool. Could you imagine what would happen if they found out that I, a politician, used money for things that were not directly involved in the campaign? <laughs> Luckily, I'm just kidding. That's fine. <laughs> Luckily, we're out here. International waters in Long Island Sound, so nobody will 
you know, nobody can hold that against us. No, it literally doesn't matter. No one's going to care. So I gave him 50000 He gave me the key. And, so, uh, yeah. Again, this is this is great. It's an awesome boat. $50,000 of campaign money can be easily explained away. That's, that's, that's a drop in the bucket. Once again, though, I got to ask... Why did we have to desperately and, and, and hurriedly board the boat this morning? Well, um, as you know, on uh, Saturday, uh, oh wait, you, you weren't there. You had that, um, what were you doing? You were, uh, we had the uh, Jonah Hilm festival that we had talked about last week on Saturday. Um, yeah, I couldn't make it. Um, we had the, I had an incident wherein, uh, uh, I, I walked into I walked into a baguette store and the guy behind the counter was like huh and I had to run and I had to go lay low again. He aggressively honed you. Oh Mike, did you get us banned from baguette about it? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I think I might have. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I think. Well, I'm not 100% sure because I because I ran away. I mimed myself in a little box and he ran past me i think he I think he missed it but yeah as as you guys know um and just as a reminder i am still on the run from the french so i i did need to lay low after that and you know the french love film festival so i knew that there was going to be someone there so i That's had true. to i had to mm, that is true yeah well we did have we build it as in very small letters the jonah hilm festival but then in very big letters can too uh so we had a lot of like French film bigwigs coming in for this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we held that. Um, oh, by the way, about um, getting us banned from that French bread store. Do you feel bad about that, or do about you it? have? Yeah, do you feel bad about that, or do you have? Uh, baguettes. No baguettes. <laughs> no baguettes. I have no baguettes. Okay, I have no. I, uh, they the purchase didn't go through, so I did, I still have no baguettes. Well, your card gets declined all over town, so that part is not oh, yeah. specific to this situation at all. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we had uh, the Jonah Hilm Festival on Saturday, and we big turnout, great turnout. It was mostly about bringing the community together. Obviously, uh, you know, tensions have been high, especially in that neighborhood. You know. Uh, the Limbrook Christian Men's Center is there, the Limbrook Theater that we had talked about, the movie theater. Um, you know, that's where, actually, that's where Baguette About It is. I'm surprised you didn't see all this, all the commotion that happened, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it's a great, like, uh, little shopping center down there. Um, and, uh, we had planned this festival, brought, bring the community together. We specifically reached out to and invited the vegans who are a famously anti-Semitic dance crew here in Limbrook. Yeah. Um, Why did you reach out to them? That's a... Oh, wait, right, because we wanted to convince them. That's right. We wanted to change their minds. That's, that's right. right. Okay. We wanted to show them... By showing them the movies of Jonah Hill, we thought maybe we could convince them to no longer be anti-Semitic. And I, I'm... I mean, cut to... You know, we watched... Uh, let me see if I remember. We watched 21 Jump Street... Stutz, mm -hmm. 22 Jump Street, Stutz again, the scene in You People where Eddie Murphy talks about how much he loves uh, Farrakhan, and then the first part of This is the End until it gets to the title card, at which point we turned it off as if to say This is the End. Yeah, we did Did you cut Superbad? 
Oh no, yeah, you're right. Super bad was in there. Um, it was. Yeah. And Wolf of Wall Street. Um, yeah. Those were playing <laughs> simultaneously, split screen, so people could choose. Um, <laughs> but both 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 uh, movies at full volume, though, so it was just kind of chaotic. We. I've heard. I heard. Yes. You you could probably hear it from Baget about it. Um, yeah. So we finished the movies. There was a can style standing ovation. What we did was we had our cardboard cutout of Brendan Fraser from The Whale. So we got a good 10 minute standing ovation for that. Uh, and then everybody quieted down and we said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest for you. You know, uh, we've been watching the movies of Jonah Hill uh, and we want to, you know, and I'm, very surprised and grateful that he was willing to do this. We want to introduce our guest of honor tonight, uh, the man we're going to be presenting with the the Palme d'Or, uh, which is a hand-shaped trophy that we have. Uh, his name is Jonah Hill, but those of you who know him really well know him as Jonah Feldstein, and a huge gasp from just the vegans and uh, there's only six of them and the other 300 people were all french film critics but the vegans audible huge gasp see they had not realized that jonah hill was jewish very surprised mm-hmm. so we handed him the award he said thanks everybody i just want to say you know it's such an honor i love limbrook da, 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 da. and then they clapped him off and then before everyone filed out, the leader of the vegans uh, stood up. He's a good guy, Mike. I think you you know him well, right? The leader of the Is vegans. Is it Doug? <laughs> yeah, Doug yeah. the vegan. Doug the immortal super soldier who you met while doing a dominatro. Is and the leader of the anti-Semitic dance crew, the vegans. Yeah. You you know more than you don't know more than one Doug, right, Mike? This is all the same. This guy. is all the same no, guy. No, that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, I, the same guy. I definitely did not mean Dylan, the leader of the Flat Earthers. That's a he's just a he's just a run-of-the-mill guy. Uh, but yeah, no, Doug. Doug's Doug contains multitudes. He's <laughs> he's a complicated he's, man. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a complicated dude. Yeah, complicated man. But anyway, Doug stood up and he, through tears, he said, "You know, we've been talking as a group before everybody leaves. We just want to say all the French film critics turned around and were like, oh. And he said, before everybody leaves, we just want to say, we've learned a lot here tonight." We want to announce that officially the vegans as an organization are no longer anti-Semitic. And then everybody lost their minds. They were so proud of them. Huge standing ovation. It was it was good. We had a, everybody shook hands and uh, we had a couple conversions actually. People, you know, luckily we had the moyle on site. So people uh, converted, people, uh, wow. you know, hugged, cried. It was a really beautiful night. That's um, pretty damn amazing. Wow. So that was Jonah's great. Jonas got some pull. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That was that was really good. So that's why we're out here on Robert Boat Roan, and we're just going to be taking it easy today and relaxing in the sunshine and uh yeah, I'm working yeah. on my tan. I think that's oh, the so whole Oh, so this story. is a cel- this is a celebratory uh thing? Uh yes. It's actually not a celebratory thing. Um we Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. We, uh, I, there is a big part of the story that I left off there, so it was a really beautiful night. Everybody cried, shook hands, hugged, 
But then as we were walking out, Jonah was leading everybody out of the theater onto the green uh, in that shopping center, which of course is shared by the Limber Christian Men's Center. Another one. Mm, damn right you do. And guess who's walking out of the Limber Christian Men's Center but the carnivores. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. They start snapping their fingers like this. They did. They started approaching, snapping their fingers. They're two very different types of dance crews. The vegans are a very, like, America's best dance crew, like, hip-hop kind of dance, whereas the carnivores are very, like, 50s, like, Broadway dancing. So they approach them, mm. sort of snapping. Uh, the vegans were trying to be like, oh, no, no, we've changed our ways. We don't want to fight anymore. We're cool with everybody. Um, but the carnivores saw Jonah and they were like, wait, 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 is this the night that you guys were doing the Jonah Hilm festival? And we were like, yeah, of course. Didn't you get the, uh, the flyer? And it turns out, and this was cold, that the vegans had intercepted all of the handwritten invitations we had written no. so that they would be the only ones attending the Jonah Hilm festival. Holy crap. And then the French also found out. Well, yeah, it went through the the French film critic circuit because uh, other than... So Doug uh, is the leader of the vegans. Everybody else on this eight-person dance crew is a French film critic, uh, you know, and who is on the board at Cannes, and uh, it's, a, it's a very well-connected group, but they do have this specific interest in anti-Semitic dancing. Um so that's how that word got around. But other than that, you know, we sent invitations to everybody. It turns out that the vegans had intercepted all of the invitations because they wanted to be the only ones being, you know, granted the opportunity to have this festival. And the carnivores were pissed, obviously, because they loved Jonah I can Jonah imagine Hill. that. Yeah. Yeah, famously. So, I mean, it got, it got pretty violent pretty quickly. The streets, let's just say, got stepped up to. I mean, it was... Hard to yeah, watch. Listen, listen, we know that that's the only thing that the carnivores will watch when they're at their in their dance practice. They, they just recreate <laughs> literally step for step the step up, the step up one, step up to the streets and step up three D three D. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one. They just watch that over and over again. So I'm sure that they just had a lot of practice, a lot of uh, brutality in those uh, in th those dancing. Well, yeah, I mean, that, the dancing uh, sounds like it. Yeah, the dancing is violent to start with, but the fact that it was Jonah and they famously have choreographed and put on several programs of dancing to the films of Jonah Hill. It's like when a yeah, symphony yeah. orchestra plays along with a movie. It's. <laughs> You go down to like Limbrook uh, uh, Symphony Hall, and you can yeah. just—they put up, you know, Cyrus. Listen. They put up Cyrus on the big screen, and the carnivores are down there. Like you know, there's twenty of them, and they're all dancing. Listen, listen. They're say doing what you a ninety-minute-long. They they call it, you know, Cyrus Ballet. Yeah. Listen, I, I get it because uh, when I saw the, uh, the 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 solo dance number that went alongside Jonah Hill's Moneyball monologue, I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I shed a tear. I shed a tear. Well, it's amazing because they—I didn't know that it's very like acrobatic Cirque du Soleil stuff, where like 
you know, one guy will pick up another guy by the ankles and swing him like a baseball bat, <laughs> and the other yeah, guy yeah. will fly yeah. into the crowd, and then the crowd catches him, and then everybody cheers home run. Like, that's yeah. great. And then there's the other guy off to the side doing the sabermetrics, which is a less dynamic dance, but it still adds I mean, a yeah, lot that's, to it. That was the... the the, that's the guy that was that's dressed up like Jonah Hill. He's the guy that's that's doing it. And then they got uh, Brad Pitt. Well, they all dress the up as Jonah Hill. To be fair, like they all have like curly wigs, which on. is weird. Which is very weird because not weird. he's not even the focal point of that movie. Like he he's like don't get me wrong, he's a lead, but like the main lead is is you know Billy Bean. Uh, and it's yeah, as uh, himself. I, don't know. I thought that was a strange choice. But everyone's there for Jonah yeah. Hill. Um, I and thought it was a strange choice. No that's matter all. what movie they're doing, they do dress up as like super bad era Jonah Hill. Like uh, yeah, that was a really weird choice when they did um, when they did Inception, and they had <laughs> they they were all still dressed up as Jonah Hill when they did The Martian dressed up as Jonah Hill. I didn't mm-hmm. follow either of those uh, choices. I didn't, you know. Now that we're having this conversation, I didn't realize quite how obsessed Limbrook is. <laughs> Jonah Hill. Uh, we never really thought it's, to mention it before, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess. Well, there is that park, you know, that protected green space, of course, called Hill Park. I thought that was just because it was on a hill. Jonah Hill Park. It's weird because he's from Los Angeles, but he's sort of, and I don't think he's ever, before before he showed up to the Jonah Hill Festival that we were throwing, I don't think he's ever been here. Mm-hmm. So it seems very specific. Um, he's not very close with Ray. Uh, I think uh, the previous mayor, Oscar, had written that spec script called Jonah Goes to Limbrook, um, but I didn't think it had gotten any traction outside of Limbrook. I know they were doing readings of it at the library before it burned down, and uh, like it had gotten turned into a play at some point, um, but I don't think Jonah was ever aware of it. He never commented on it. Uh, so it does seem fairly one-sided on our part. Uh, yeah, I agree. Maybe just to listen to the side note, because I know we've got to get find out why we're on the boat anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, Alex, you think that if you threw in your campaign that you wanted to, uh, you know, build a Jonah Hill statue in Jonah Hill Park, maybe maybe that'd get you a couple I, of votes. I could see that, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't really know... Why not? Like, fuck it, right? What's another? What? What's what's a statue cost? Like thirty thousand dollars? Oh, thirty thirty dollars. I mean, if you know the guy, like I do. Yeah, we've got that guy here. A statue, Steve. Statue, Steve. Who? When he drives around, he takes these trips on the Amtrak. He goes down to like North Carolina, Georgia. Like he, when they're done with Confederate statues, he takes them. And he brings them back up here, and he sort of Frankenstein's the pieces together to make new statues. So yes, you could get a statue yeah. of Jonah Hill that's like, oh, that part came off of Robert E. Lee, but like it's clearly Jonah Hill. Besides that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like the plaque yeah, says yeah, yeah. Jonah Hill, even though like, yeah. oh, that's clearly Stonewall it's, Jackson's leg. It's. It's been Frankenstein mm. from all of the other Confederate uh, generals. Yeah, whose statues we, have been we could we could have months. a we could have a statue of Jonah Hill with Jefferson Davis's penis on it. 
Weird that they constructed a penis on the Jefferson Davis statue. We don't ask questions here. We just accept it. It's as, free you know, bronze as as it is. It's free bronze. Yeah, um, which is weird. It's gonna look really weird because the rest of the statue. I think is it was originally granite. supposed to be a fountain, and they just never <laughs> finished it. Love it. Uh, yes, mannequin piss, but with Jeff- Jefferson piss. Um, there's a title. Um, so the <laughs> uh, here's there's a pitch a though. Here's a pitch: is maybe we don't even build a statue. I mean, if. Queens is open to it. We could annex a neighborhood and call it Jonah Hillcrest. I think that would be really popular. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Why are you flipping yeah. me off, Mike? Are you mad that you didn't come up with that idea? I yeah, that's a terrible... I have to admit, I did look in your binder of ideas, and that was one that I thought was pretty good. I just had written... It's all... It's... All of my ideas in that binder are flat earth ramblings. And then there was, then you could see that I stopped mid word, wrote Jonah Hillcrest question mark, and then continued my normal run- runnings of uh, of discussions on how the earth is flat. It's like that every couple of pages. I did go, I couldn't sleep one night, so I went through and just read your binders. And it's like that every couple of pages where it'll be like, you know, the earth is flat, you, ice shelf, you know, fall off the edge of the earth. And then, um, you know, there's stuff like uh, upside down pool or like uh, <laughs> inverted penis, like just mm-hmm. two words put together that don't really make mm-hmm. a ton of sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like inverted penis. Well, it's not inverted in the way that you would think it would be. It's not like it's I did draw a diagram around. It's like it goes side to side. <laughs> It's like a handlebar on the front, according to Mike's yeah. diagram, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's just an idea. You know, we could do that. Um, yeah. But you but were anyway, asking we why about... we're, we're out on the boat? Is that... Well, is, yeah. was it because of the fight? Was it because of that? Oh, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. So they yeah. stepped up to the streets, and uh, the dancing got more and more intense. It got more and more violent. Um and eventually this crowd had sort of gathered on the green space, you know, people coming out of Baguette about it, people coming out of, um, you know, the uh, trivia bar called that big, be- the French trivia bar called that begets the question. Um, the, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right next to the French, uh, the French tote shop. <laughs> tote begets. Tote bag, guess. Yeah, that one. It's all caps bag and then very small, like, superscript U-E. I don't know how to spell that word. I just realized. Uh, T-T-E-S. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, it's a very, it's the baguette district. The bagel store. The French bagel store. Bagel guess. Bagel guess. Bagel guess. Well, it's the one that's run by Michael Bay. So it's... And it's where he will deliver them to your house. So it's called Baguettes. Ba- Baguettes, Baguettes, Gets. Bago, Baguettes. Bago, Baguettes. Bago, Adam, get are you having baguettes. a stroke? It's called Bago, Get. <laughs> are it's you okay? Do we have to go to shore? Do I have to signal the Coast Guard? Bago, Gets, Baguettes. It's the big. It's the bagel and baguette store where Michael Bay goes and gets your baguettes if you beg. All right, I'm going to hang up on the Coast Guard. You're okay. I, 
man, Little Paris is a really growing neighborhood in, in it's, London. The Baguette Park, District man. is, I mean, as as more and more French people are moving here. <laughs> For unknown reasons. The Baguette District is flourishing. But uh, people were, were pouring out. People were, you know, fight, fight, fight. Um... And they did. So they it, it came to blows, and people were getting drop-kicked in the face, and uh, uh, then the crowd joined in. It got really, really violent really, really fast. So Alex and I obviously got out of there. We took Jonah to the, uh, uh, what do you call that, the safe room, uh, and we left him there. I'm sure he's fine. Uh, and we just cleared the scene, you know, went back to the re- recreational, drove... Uh, we actually drove to Jonah Hill so we could get a, a look, you know, overlooking the green space. And we just watched as these people went at each other. It was a, a complete, uh, there's no word for it other than riot. Tensions flared mm-hmm. and people rioted. Yeah, no, okay. That's that's insane. Yeah, I'm glad that we got out of there then. Yeah, it was, it was intense. We were up there on the hill and we saw, you know, Limbrook PD... You know, and they, they're bringing out the heavy machinery, they're bringing the choppers, they're bringing the tanks, they're bringing the, uh, they've got these cool new exoskeletons that they're wearing, where they can just punch people, uh, you know, metal fist. It's It's been useful for them since the testosterone and the testosterone, which, you know, people are saying that that enhanced level of aggression really played into how fast and how hard this riot uh, ended up being. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's been helpful. So they brought out a bunch of those. They were rounding people up, you know, putting them in the jail. But the jail's only designed to hold one person at a time, obviously, um, because not a lot of crime happens in Limbrook. And in fact, a lot of things that are crimes in other places are not crimes here, just because of, uh, you know, the sort of permissive attitude. Like, you can, you Jurisdiction, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Judge, uh, judge... Mm. Judge who gives a shit. Um, one word uh, is all is uh, is really really uh, lenient when it comes to those kinds of things. Yeah, it's a nickname, but it's also his legal name, right? No, no, his name is Judge Thomas. Who gives a shit? W H W H O O, etc. You know, you know, you know how it uh, goes. Yes, very lenient. You know, he won't prosecute like smashing grabs like hit and runs um patricide like these are things that just don't get prosecuted here um but one thing that does get prosecuted is violent dancing um just because of incidents that we've had in the past you know obviously the events of step up step up to the streets and step up 3d were based on real events that happened in limbrook but they had they portrayed them exactly Mm -hmm. accurately um, it would have been a, it, I mean, a, a crime against humanity because you can't show that amount of and that violent a death on film without it it rising to a criminal level. So yeah, yeah, it mm-hmm. became became snuff level. I remember the debates uh, when that was going on. And the reason that the jail can only hold one person is because it was one guy who did it was that one dude, violent yeah, dancing bu- that killed all those people. We put him. We put him in a square and built the jail around him. It was a real yeah. Hannibal Lecter sort of like, you know, containment unit. Um, 
But unfortunately, in this situation, it was multiple people dancing relatively less violently, but still dangerously. So they were trying to squeeze as many as many people as they could in there, but eventually just got uh, ridiculous. It got too full. So they've instituted this program, and this this is why we are out here on the waters, because we don't want to be subject to this, is anyone who is involved in that incident is going to have to go into, and is currently into, uh, mandatory traffic school. Oh, no! Oh, oh that's God. awful! This, oh, okay. Do, are we fleeing? Are we trying to We're avoid not it? Fleeing. Were, you, were you stepping up, Adam? I did not step up. I stepped down. Okay. I stepped down. We, uh, the statute of limitations on this, speaking of statute Steve, uh, sorry, two different guys, statue Steve, statute Steve, who is the town sheriff, mm-hmm. um, yes, mm-hmm. sheriff statute has Steve. said that if we can't find you in six days, you're off the hook for this just because of the number of seats that we have. And that's how long mandatory traffic school is. It's six days. They only want to do one session. They are doing it in Limbrook Symphony Hall, so they can only hold 600 of the people who were involved in these riots. No more. Alex and I would be 601 and 602. Obviously, you were in your box, so so you you weren't involved in this. Yeah. Yep. But, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll be fine as long as we don't go back landside for another six days. Oh, so okay. we're just so so we're we just out here, here for a, week for a while. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. So that's, that's why fair. that's why we're out here. We're just trying to wait it out. There's too much heat on the streets. Okay, so we are in beautiful Long Island Sound, which is international waters, where we cannot be prosecuted. Um, we're here on Robert Boat Rhone. Obviously, because of the traffic dimension to this, we had to bring the recreational with us, as we've established. Right. It has duck capabilities. So it is being towed behind us. Yeah, see, there it is. Um, I know that's where they got the Funko Pop from. The the, yeah. the the seagull flew in through the exhaust pipe, got a punk Funko Pop, and came yeah, out. Adam, I, also, yeah. I hope I hope you're fine with the with the the white the new white roof of the uh, of the vehicle because uh, you know the seagulls are taking yeah. taking a liking to it. <laughs> it seemed unavoidable after the first. Uh, you know, drop of paint, so to speak, that this roof was going to be white. Mm. It's fine by me. Um, if anything, it gives us a little extra camouflage. I will say, Mike, um, I'm not a huge fan of how you've rerouted the exhaust to go inside of the recreational. <laughs> it's fine it's a little for now. Yeah, we can't really, we can't really go What's in the there. Problem? Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's great. It's fine. You just pour the gas directly in. It's it's terrific. It's fine for now since we're out here on the water. You know, we've got uh, we're on rowboat Barone. We're towing. I'll move it back. We're towing rowboat boat Roan behind us. Our little dinghy, of course, and then behind that is the the recreational. You understand, of course, the distinction between rowboat boat Roan and rowboat boat Roan. Which has yeah, a W yeah, in it, mm-hmm. which is our D. No, that's an important distinction. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just we're perfectly set up. You know, we've got the food. We're doing uh, hot dogs and stuff on our little boat side grill. I, I, I think if we're going to have to spend six days anywhere, this is a perfectly great place to, to spend it. I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, <laughs> listen, it's 
Very, very pretty. My only concern is, um... My only concern is, uh, what if, uh, how are we gonna record? Is this gonna mess with the sound of, of the oh, episode? Oh, no, 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 no. Who doesn't like seagulls? The, uh, oh, and there are, I mean, it, there are gonna be seagulls in the background of this recording, oh, as well as the gentle them. lapping of waves. Um... The all the equipment is still on the recreational, you know. In fact, Mike, why don't you climb in there and and run the microphones out of the exhaust so that we can have yeah, them you got out it. here. Here, wait. Take your gas mask. Oh yeah, your okay. scuba gear. Self-contained oh, underwater forget. barone apparatus. <laughs> and as I, uh, all right, here's the mics. Here's the Thank mics. You. Oh, let me go back in and i'll i'll uh, put the seawater into the hydroelectric motor that turns the turns the Boring. cables which starts the rube goldberg machine so that i can hit the power button on the lenovo right <laughs> bless you see mike your tech your tech talk made me make uh, my allergies how dare you he's allergic to tech yeah. Okay, so mike is going to climb in there and start the lenovo and then we will be and recording it's going. Okay, let's uh, get started then. Welcome back to Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. It's the only Everybody Loves Raymond rewatch podcast. You might hear some seagulls behind us today. Don't worry about that. Uh, we're we're going to be... Shh. We're going to be talking In the middle of the ocean. Stop. Avoiding... Stop. Oh, wait, maybe we should... We don't yeah, want okay, Statute Steve to find us. We are no, out... Connecticut. We are here... To talk about season two, episode twenty-one of Everybody Loves Raymond. It's called Traffic School. Um, we'll get into our scene by scene breakdown of that uh, shortly. But first, um, you know, we've been doing the show for about fifteen seconds. So, what do you say we take a break, come back, and yep. uh, get into Traffic School and all the gory details? Uh, sound I good, guys? Some, Love it. I, I could use some, uh, like a nice tall glass of seawater. Yes, the seawater that we purchased at yeah. the store here on the land. Which yes. is a famous ocean liner that we just passed <laughs> a little while ago on this on the, the ocean. <laughs> well, let's take a break, I, guys. I can use some I could use a timeout. Okay, we are gonna be right back after this. We're on the ocean. Mike has a book here. Uh, Mike, how many pages are in this book? There are 287 pages. Why don't you hit us with Alex? Pick a number between 1 and 287. 200. Go to 200 and read halfway down the page the first sentence. The treacherous wasteland was massive, with small buildings and trailers arranged around him like a labyrinth. Okay. That was a good sentence. That was a great sentence. That was a very good sentence. Um, Okay, I found what I could out there, but man, it's it's looking pretty rough out there. I don't I don't think we're gonna be able to hold those uh, zombies back much longer. It's like a labyrinth out there. In a sense, yes, Alex. uh, Did you uh, were you able to make a fire? I was uh, better. I've been listening to a podcast. Alex, how are you able to listen to a podcast? I, uh, were you able I, to find that you got an internet connection, really? Well, yeah, no, I found this generator with about an hour left of power, so I used it to charge my phone and also this cell phone tower. It gives me about another, you know, let's say hour and a half of listening time. 
generator ran out of power, so that kind of sucks, but figured we could enjoy some uh, some good entertainment with that. So, to clarify... I also wh- used the portable stove to uh, to keep my hands warm while I charged it. But, you know, now we're out. That That's broken, too. But so while we got the I was, podcast. While I was out there bludgeoning uh, mutated uh, nuclear winter rabbits to death to find us something to eat, with Mike, who, by the way, if you didn't notice, didn't come back with me, who was killed by the zombies um yeah, you it were in surprise here me. Using, I love him, but you know using the last of our power and cooking capabilities to download a podcast you're gonna be glad i did adam because now we can listen to our sor- sorrily deceased friend's voice one last time before we meet the same fate what do you mean meet the same fate oh my god did you not even i asked you to fortify the barricades yeah no they're coming i was already bit uh, oh. I've got about I got about half an hour <laughs> left if I'm lucky, uh, well, so I'm I'm enjoying my the the greatest content possible before my time on this beautiful Earth uh, ends forever by listening to the Baronis Zonis. Wait 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 wait, Alex Alex, the Baronis Zonis. Remind me what that is again. Well, it's a it's 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 some bonus content from the boys of uh, ELELR, which of course is us. Uh, where oh, if yes. you can't get enough of our silly antics, you can pay whatever you want, one-time fee, and then get unlimited access to an extra episode every month, forever. So that includes all the ones we've done so far, and every one that we will do. And that is, uh, you will have access to those to the rest of your days, which again for me is about twenty-seven minutes. Uh, wait, wait, do you hear that? Somebody's banging on the door. Oh god! Oh no! The they they hear. To... They hear about. They they uh, know about the good deals. Oh god! It's I Mike. They heard, heard about the Baronis Zonis. Look out, Adam! He's got a dollar. <laughs> Wait, Alex, is that enough? He has enough. He has access. Oh god! I know. Oh. One dollar got me lifetime access. How about undead time? <laughs> After access. lifetime access. <laughs> Yeah, that's After true. When you access. that's true. When you die, you have to pay again. But that's just you know that's how it is. You get a new uh, is, birth certificate. You get a, yeah yeah. No everything. wait wait wait. This it's, is bullshit. It's coming back to me, Mike. I, I, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to pay with that dollar because, as I recall, you have to go to postfund.org/donate to make your donation to get lifetime access to the Baronis Zonis. Do you have a major debit or credit card? Yeah, I got Chase. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The only bank that still is up and running in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, I guess this is really it for good. us then. Uh, Alex, It's it's been good knowing you. Uh, I think I'm just going to let Mike bite me now so that I don't have to wait, I guess, 26 more minutes. Crank the Barona Zonas content, boys. I'm going and I need something for dinner. Uh. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. We're talking about Season 2, Episode 21. It's called Traffic School Today. Uh, It's called Traffic School, and we're talking about it today. It's not called Traffic School Today. We're going to start, as we always do. I'm Adam, that's Alex, that's Mike. Hi. And we are going to start, as we always do, with our overall impressions of the episode. Uh, Let's start with Mike today. Mike, overall impression of Traffic School. Uh, Mixed. 
Mixed feelings, honestly. I, I um, Well, first of all, I think this one's going to be very hard for us to rate Raymond, because this is very much a Robert Sucks episode, a Robert Central episode, and he does not do well with it. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. It had a couple of very good moments, a couple of moments I was confused about. thought when the ventriloquist dummy came in, uh, it was funny until it really wasn't, and then it uh, got a little bit... Well, just... Uh, we, see all, we saw a lot into uh, Robert's psyche this episode. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought there were a few very, very funny moments, but... Uh, yeah, I was surprised at some at the way that some of this went. Yeah, totally. Alex, what was your overall impression of the episode? This episode reminded me a lot of Scruples, believe it or not, where it's the whole family sitting in the living room fucking with Robert. And, you know, I got to say, I really did enjoy it. I think it was all right until the puppet came out, <laughs> and then I was all in. Yeah. Like, I was all for it. <laughs> I love the idea of Robert airing out his dirty laundry through the consciousness, through the false consciousness of a puppet uh, so that he can kind of tell his family how he really feels about them, uh, which I thought was just mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. And then, you know, the whole Raymond talk, I, I, it kind of felt a little meta to me at this point where everyone was kind of like, all right, Ray, you go apologize, like where it's like... You know, we have this whole, like, you know, Ray has, like, the meaningful discussion with someone at the end of the episode. It's starting to become a little bit of a trend now. So it's kind of cool that the family acknowledged it like that. Um, yeah, it was a pretty solid episode. I agree with Mike. We're probably not going to have an easy time throwing that on the barometer today because it was not really about Ray. No, totally. I agree with all mm-hmm. of that. I also thought it reminded me of Scruples. It's like this... Um, like a near bottle episode we had some different sets but it mostly are taking place in ray and deborah's living room um just the five main cast members um and it's one of the this show's strongest suits to have all the dysfunction just spilling over from like just bickering and and you know uh bickering with each other into like this full-blown kind of confrontation this weird like charged energy that robert brings out in the puppet is um is something that this show does really well and it's yeah scruples um other episodes have done that and then i also found like when ray when they're making ray go and apologize to robert that also like alex was saying seemed familiar like it's something that they've done before where it's like ray is the one who needs to go and and mend the fences and Ray doesn't want to do mm-hmm. that. Like that sp- right. was reminiscent to me of previous episodes as was the way of wrapping up the episode of, okay, Ray's going to go have this meaningful discussion with somebody. Um, but all that said, I thought this was still a unique approach to that formula and was had a lot of really funny jokes in it, especially the end of the episode. Uh, I really enjoyed and uh, yeah, just a great, a great one for sure. Um, so shall we start going scene by scene through it? Let's. Yes, let's. Yeah, I guess. Let's turn to our cold open then. Uh, Marie, Frank, Deborah, and Ray are in Ray and Deborah's kitchen. Uh, Robert comes in, sort of uh, sheepishly. He says, uh, "Nobody's home." Back across the street at the Barone house. Um, Marie asks him how his class was. Uh, she says, did the children listen to you? And he says, I teach traffic school, ma. 
Um, I thought that was pretty funny. So Robert was, uh, he's wearing a suit as well, uh, worth noting. And he uh, was teaching traffic school as part of his police duties. Um, he got his first student evaluations today. Uh, mm -hmm. And one of them says this class is a sure cure for insomnia. Um, you know, the instructors very they, they just leaned into him really quick. I just, I also want to say, I was kind of surprised that they had a rate my teacher for traffic school. I was very surprised at that. Yeah, I, I liked wouldn't that. think that that would be something that uh, you, like, it's not like it's real teaching, right? Like, Robert is just a police yeah. officer. It's not like he's even teaching, like, the, in New York, you have to take the class before you get your license. That's, you know, several mm -hmm. hours long, and it's it's mm -hmm. more in-depth. But, like, remedial traffic school, I didn't realize, was something where you would rate your teacher. Um, Neither did I. Uh, I also will say that, well, we find out, read, read through the roast, because there were a couple of very good ones yeah, there. Yeah, one of them uh, was, uh, Frank reads this one, after 10 minutes, I wanted to take the officer's gun and end my misery, which I love how just... <laughs> They came out swinging they, hard with they that got one. Really, they got really creative how, with these insults. I, I, I also it. will say how ballsy you have to be to like be like, this man is taking his time so my insurance premiums don't go up, and yet I'm going to make him cry over it. I thought that was... Uh, that was kind of that was kind of a lot. Even uh, when I've had bad teachers, I wouldn't write I wouldn't write that this to them. Like it's not an impulse that I have to ever say something so mean about somebody. But um, mm -hmm. I guess Robert was just well, that bad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, maybe he must also, have really sucked. It's also because you know it's an involuntary thing. It's like they have to do this and they don't want to be there, so maybe they're in a worse disposition anyway. But. Um, mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say that to somebody. I wouldn't say you taught the class so poorly that I wanted to kill myself. Um, I don't know, mm -hmm. Alex. I don't know either. I don't know if I'd want to kill myself. Um, middle probably of not the road on that one. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, not. Um, the supervisor is coming to sit in on Robert's class tomorrow. Um, and he's worried about that. He, you know, was, clearly his students are not say, happy with him. I also will say, I find it fascinating that the supervisor cares this much about how, you know, um, how, how reviewed, how he's getting reviewed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's why don't you want it to be a punishment? Don't you want people to not come back? Don't you want them to feel tortured for their traffic violations so that they think twice when they're speeding again? It, in my point of view, I would kind of think of it as like, hey, these people hate him. Good. You know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, and I think thing. that's a good point. Yeah, I, that is a good point, right? Because, like, I don't know if there's anyone out there who's purposely gotten their license suspended so they could go back to driver's ed. True. Yeah. Um... And, like, you know, the material itself, I mean, you guys sat through driver's ed at some point. It's horrendously boring. I had a sure good is. teacher who was pretty good, uh, and he made it as interesting as he could. But, like, it's so not interesting. Mm -hmm. You have to be, like, insane to make that, like, not the worst. I also think, like, the right, right. bad drivers are going to be bad drivers, and there's nothing that that that's a dispositional thing that you can't change by lecturing them about it. 
So I, I don't think mm-hmm. it really matters how well it's taught, right? Because the punishment is that they have to be there. Right. These aren't, these aren't people who are trying to get their license for the first time. Right. These are people who had their license and now have to go to this class because they messed up. Yeah. So, I so mean, yeah, that's a good point. If I was Robert's supervisor, I'd be like, oh, they wanted to kill themselves? Great. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, they were bored? Great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how they oh, should good. feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, they, they seem very interested in making this a positive experience for the for the people watching. And I just, that doesn't seem realistic to me. Not no, that it I don't should. Think so, but no. yeah. There you I, go. But I do, I do respect Robert for wanting to make it a positive experience for people. Yeah, sure. Like he, he wants people to enjoy the class and like, he doesn't want to be like this source of negativity or punishment. He wants to do um, a good job. He just he just wants to he he wants to help people, and uh, he wants to get them back on the road and uh, and acting more safely. Um, he yeah, and he wants to, you know, get better at this. He, uh, Marie says that uh, she can practice his routines on her, um, and then she has this uh little bit she's you know say i'm a crazy driver shut up frank and now i have to go to robbie's traffic school and robert is like it's not called robbie's traffic school ma and marie's like no 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 say i'm a person shut up frank that you know like the uh i love that i just love that and she does that That throughout the episode kind of like it gets called back of her cutting off frank prematurely because she knows that he's gonna say something stupid Um, i i filed it away in my head and I was like, all right, there's got to be a rule three. There's got to be a third one somewhere. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. And it's not a direct one, but it is the same, like, trait of... Yeah, it's this, It's this. it counts. Preemptively stopping uh, Frank from saying something stupid. Um, but Robert says that it would help if he could practice on all four of them, uh, because we have enough for a class right here. Um, which, also, if there's only four people in these traffic school classes, and, you know... That seems very intimate uh, for somebody to then write, you know, I wanted to take the officer's gun and end my misery. It'd be pretty easy, I think, to narrow down who wrote that. Like, that's very personal, (laughs) don't you? It's not like there's 50 people in the class. Yeah, yeah. But they they wanted him to know, I guess. I guess so. Um, I guess. uh, Frank and Ray immediately go to run out because they don't want any part of this. Um but Marie says, uh, you know, Frank, you should stay. You uh, could, you're not the best driver in the world. Frank says that he doesn't need to learn anything. Marie says, what about that squirrel you ran over? Frank says, he doubled back. That squirrel wanted to die. And then Deborah says, I, what about our mailbox, Frank? Did it want to die? I was just going to say, I a hundred percent agree that the squirrel deserved to die. He wanted to die. Jeez. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever driven, no, come on. Have you ever you've ever driven down you've approaching a squirrel or a pigeon? They they're, they're scrambling guys. They get out of the way. If that's one didn't and this one doubled back, number one, either you know, he was done with his little squirrely life, or number two, he was stupid. In which case, natural selection. I'm I'm on Frank's side of this one. I, Mailbox, not so much. I don't think the the squirrel deserved to die. I do think it's possible that the squirrel wanted to die. Maybe the squirrel had just gotten out of traffic school and was unable to take the <laughs> officer's gun and end their misery. 
So the you know, next best yeah. thing yeah. is Frank's tire. That's the twist. It was the squirrel <laughs> who wrote the review. Um, and then the mailbox. Uh, you know, all things that are totally believable that Frank would, uh, you know, clip their mailbox on his way down the street. Uh, Robert says mm-hmm. that Frank has an outstanding moving violation. And Frank says, I wouldn't say it was outstanding. It was pretty good, though. And sort of elbows Ray, like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, but Robert that's a good, says... That's a, good, that's a good... I like that one. That was yeah, a good bit. No, so that's that some good. good comedy right there. Uh, and yeah. Robert says that he can get it taken off his record if he does the class. Uh, and Frank says, why don't you just sign the thing that says I took the class? And Robert says no. And Frank then tries to bribe him. If you, you won't hear it from me. Let's hear from uh, our finest presidents. <laughs> thought that was... Yeah. It was, listen... Frank's got the jokes, man. I don't know what to tell you. He's, a, he's, he's a funny dude. A good episode for Frank, joke-wise, I think. Yeah. Um, Frank says that if he has to stay, so does Ray, because he's got that traffic ticket he doesn't want to tell Deborah about. Um, and Robert says that he could do a condensed version for them if they don't take any breaks uh, in three hours. Frank says, sweet crap, which gets an uproarious response from the audience. Um regular traffic school is eight hours so if they don't go to him they'll have to go to that uh and they'll start in two minutes so he suggests they all visit the lavatories um and that's the end of that scene that's our cold open actually uh and no this is one of those episodes that like entirely takes place within the within a single location and i I love it when they do it because it reminds it very much reminds me of a play mm-hmm. and i just i don't know i think that they do this kind of episode very very well i think so too um that's called a bottle episode when it's on the same location it's very nearly that we do get a exciting right new set though um yeah but yeah whenever they're in the living room and we come back to the same scene after like a commercial break it does feel very much like mm-hmm. a play and it feels very continuous uh and yes. in the moment in real time which is something that not a lot of sitcoms do um we cut to though after we come back from the break to everybody sitting in the living room robert has set up one of the kids blackboards with traffic stuff on it um and he's getting started he's got his binder of uh traffic school instruction the traffic school teachers edition uh and he says we'll begin with introductions he says my name is robert charles barone uh, I believe this is the first time we're finding out Robert's middle name. Uh, and he points... Mm, I think it is too, yeah. I think he's said Robert C. Barone at some point. He said Robert C. Barone at some point? I think so. Sounds very familiar. Well, now we know for That's, sure uh, that I, it's I Charles. I think Alex is right, but I don't know for sure, yeah. If only there was a... I don't know if I would have written that down, but we can look. If only we could, like, I don't know, re-watch the whole series or something. Yeah, but let's... <laughs> why would we do that? I wouldn't mind redoing our first eight episodes yeah. robert charles barone uh points at ray he says and you are and ray says hated by god which i thought was a pretty good joke uh, <laughs> good uh, hey we found someone who hates raymond <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh it goes i, I do like yeah i do like how um immediately we see the problem when uh, it comes to robert because robert immediately even though he's just normally talking to these people as soon as he Gets the little kitty chalkboard in front of him. He clearly gets so nervous and uncomfortable. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought that was a nice little touch. Well, he wants yeah. to do, every, as we find out, he wants to do everything by the binder, and the binder says that everyone has to go around and introduce uh, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So given what we've seen of Robert in the past and sort of his compulsive tendencies and uh, the specificity that he likes to conduct his life with, it's not surprising that this would be, it would be difficult for him to deal with, you know, the class clown like Ray uh, Mm -hmm. when the binder says that you're supposed to introduce yourself. Um, He goes around the room, uh, you know, Deborah, and then Marie says, hi, I'm Marie. (laughs) I I love how Marie is so earnest with this and just so happy to be a part of it. Um, And then he gets to Frank and Frank says, I'm Frank, sign my thing. Um, I love how aggressively it is. I love how aggressive Frank is in all this. Um, He hits that a couple times. Like that's a good rule of threes too, because I think he hits Mm -hmm. it three times. Um, Robert starts going through the topics they're going to cover, like insurance and uh, et cetera. Uh, Ray is heckling him as he goes through the topics. Um, I don't remember what they are, like road safety, seatbelts, and insurance, and Ray yells out, things that are boring, Um, uh, and just keeps heckling him. Uh, Ray, uh, Robert has them share what offense supposedly led them to being here today. He starts with mm-hmm. uh, Ray. Ray says, I killed my brother. Uh, Robert says, no, traffic offense. And <laughs> Ray says, oh, could you go lie down in the driveway for a minute? Um, which is a good joke. Solid. It is. It's uncool like how, how harsh they're being to Robert, but they are getting in some really sick burns, so you can't be too mad. No, this is a no. this is a great this is a great scene. It really is as far as like roasts and stuff go. This is fantastic. I think it's funny... Um, just to see them not take it seriously and, you know, to derail this thing is, um, you know, outside of the reality of Robert's experience of it is very funny. So I'm, I'm taking the jokes at face value while still feeling deeply sad for Robert as I watch this. Um, I do and I don't because at the same time, like, hey. It's a it's a night, presumably a weeknight, because the kids are already in bed. So it's got to be like eight nine o'clock at this point. And then Robert's just like, "All right, for the next three hours, we are going to sit down and do traffic school." It's a dick move. Yeah. No, I think you're you're right. It's not that Robert completely doesn't deserve to have them make fun of him, um, but at the same time, you know, they know Robert, and they know that he probably wouldn't doesn't handle this sort of thing well so i mean Mm -hmm. i feel sorry for him in that sense but yes maybe he could have uh not done the full binder with them and just practiced you know the introductions or something for 10 minutes um Mm -hmm. ray admits that he ran over an orange cone uh frank says uh he didn't tell deborah frank says tell her why tell deborah why uh, as I recall, it had something to do with a halter top. Halted you pretty good. Good one. Disgusting. You know how these things happen. You see somebody and you think they're naked and you look and they're wearing a beige top. And by the time you look back, dot, dot, dot. Um, and Deborah is like, so the, the- you just ride around looking for naked. Ray says, well, it won't come to me. Um, good old sex joke there. Good old sex jokes that's that's kind of a, good old not enough sex joke kind of a husband humor my wife humor kind of joke um i mean yeah i think the the situation is funny um and it i is. like frank egging him on that's really funny um robert asks them a question so uh 
At 55 miles an hour, you will travel 8 to 10 feet in 10 to 12 seconds. So will an oncoming truck. To pass safely, how many feet will you need? Frank raises his hand. Frank, sign my thing. Uh, pretty funny. Comedy. Uh, it's a difficult comedy. question, they say. Uh, it's, and that's an intense... That's, that can't that's be like, actually asked. In that's the, that's uh, like the... You guys know, like, it's it's 10 miles for every 100 feet. Or, uh, yeah. Isn't that it? Something Actually, like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's obvious, if you know. And I'm not just not going to tell you, because it's so obvious. Um, Is it? Yeah. So obvious. Yeah. Which it, And the answer, yeah. then, is... Tell him, Mike. Yeah, Mike. What's the answer? Sign my thing. <laughs> He got us there. That's true. Uh, Robert insists on following the binder. Like, they all ask him, oh, can we skip this? And he says, no, it's in the binder. We got to follow the binder. Uh, it's binding. And then this is when Marie looks at Frank as an aside. Shut up, Frank. Frank's like, what? Like, yep. She says, you're about to do one. a bathroom joke about binding. And then Frank is like, oh, rice, cheese. And they all start shouting out foods that are, quote, unquote, binding uh, uh-huh. you know, Ooh, intestinally jokes. speaking, mm-hmm. um, Robert is very is getting upset as they're laughing hysterically. Um, even Deborah gets one in uh, yams, and uh, Marie says that explains last Thanksgiving. Ha 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 ha! They're all laughing. Uh-huh. Robert uh-huh. is uh-huh. is annoyed, visibly peeved, and he says, "We're not here to have fun." And then Ray says, well, then you're the man for the job. And that sort of is the blow that defeats Robert, I feel like. Um, he gathers up his binder, zips it shut, uh, starts walking away. And Ray, uh, you know, he's saying, I'm just trying to give you some advice, you know, lighten up. And Robert leaves. And Frank says, hey, you didn't sign my thing. And that's the end of the scene. I thought that scene ended uh, very... I, I was affected by that. I don't like to see Robert hurt like that, you know? Yeah, it's weird to me because, like, like they all knew what they were doing. Like, I'm sure they could tell kind of how Robert wanted this to be, like, a serious thing. Um, and then, like, they see him walk out, and it's like, that's the point where they kind of are like, oh, come on. Um, I guess just because it kind of hit them, like, oh, wait, no, we're actually being dicks here. Yeah, um, they sort of feel like and- they went too far. I think that was the right thing for Robert to do, because like, what else is he gonna do? Yeah, I just, I guess, I, yeah. I don't know. I think that like the thing is that yeah, they were being dicks, but at the same time, I think the move there would be just say, yeah, screw it, and give up, not, not storm out and throw a little pouty party. I don't know. I thought that it was immature on Robert's part. I just feel like uh, Robert. Had- it wants to follow the binder very specifically and is it has trouble deviating from that and you know anybody else in that situation would be like oh, all right very good very funny uh so anyway you know move on and you know just sort of roll with it a little better but i think for robert you know he's already feeling insecure about this and he wants to get it exactly right and it's important for things to be exactly right for Robert. So his family should know that on the one hand, but also, you know, he should be able to roll with it a little better. 
Uh, there's probably yep. a middle ground mm-hmm. that a normal family would be able to find. Luckily for us, this is not a normal family. <laughs> yeah, as you can probably <laughs> tell. We cut to, we leave that scene and cut to the same one, not a moment later. Marie says uh, to Ray, what did you do? It breaks my heart the way you treat your brother. I like how everyone immediately blames Ray for this. Uh, uh, but Frank says, you well, know. He was the only one that didn't. Oh, wait, no, never mind. He, I was going to say he's the only one that didn't make a binding joke, but he, he, no, did. he did. He made a binding no, joke. No, yeah, they're all being yeah. dicks. Uh, Frank says it's true. You've got to be able to laugh at yourself. Uh, but Deborah says, you know, they need to make it up to him. Uh, so go on, Ray. And they all tell Ray, you know, you got to go apologize to Robert on our behalf, which I feel like they've done before. Um, but at they that do point, this a lot. At that point, Robert comes back. And he admits, you know, he needs to lighten up. And he says, to that end, I'd like to introduce you to traffic cop Timmy. He takes out a ventriloquist puppet of a police officer, traffic cop Timmy. Ray says that might be too He just had that in his home? It did not seem like it. seemed like he went right over to their house, got traffic cop Timmy, and turned right back around. Right? Well, he said he, he he knows where it's from. The, yeah. He explains where it's from. He says Judy uses Timmy to teach the kids about safety, to which he has Timmy say, yeah, and Judy has warmer hands. But And you know what? Robert didn't storm out then. No. He came back so fast. I guess fast, you're right. I guess he was his, just like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to go get traffic he, cop Timmy. He, I, I guess in his mind he was a little like, all right, that's it. Time to get the fucking puppet. But if Judy uses <laughs> yeah. it, why does Robert have it? Could be in the squad car. Should get a left They're right partners. There. Yeah, it's possible. Oh, does he oh, drive the, the, the squad, squad car home? Outside. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Forgot about that. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, I guess he he puppets it. Truly, who knows? Uh, but yeah. So uh, some for some reason or other, he has Timmy, who's the ventriloquist dummy that Judy uses to teach the kids about safety. Um, Frank and Marie are immediately into it. Uh, you know, now we've got a show. They say, and Deborah likes him as well. You know, he says, look, she says, look at his little shoes. Ray is the only one who's not really on board. Um, he says, did anybody hear me say puppet? Uh, you know, when he told Robert to lighten up, did anybody hear me say, go get a puppet? Uh, and Timmy says, why don't you sit down, big nose? Um, and they're all sort of back into it. You know, this is more fun. This is what they, you know, uh, this is a traffic school that they might not hate going to. Um, Timmy asks Frank uh, what the proper following distance is uh, behind a car. And Frank says that he likes to get right up on them if they're going slow so they can read his lips, uh, presumably because he's screaming profanity at them. Uh, And then Robert, as Robert says, no, it's one car length for 10 miles of speed. And Timmy says, remind me never to drive with you, you crazy old bastard. And Frank doesn't find it so funny anymore. He's sort of like taken mm-hmm. aback. And he says, come again? Uh, or how's that? And uh, by the way, the audience, once Timmy comes out, it's like the audience is absolutely oh, jazzed. They, woke they up. love oh, yeah. Timmy. They love uh, him. Timmy asks uh, Marie what she's supposed to do before you begin driving. Uh, Marie, is it? Hi, Marie. Uh, Buckle up your seatbelt, she says. Check your mirrors, look around, and behind you. Timmy says, anything else? Oh, that's it? Turns to Robert. She thinks that's it. 
Uh, Robert says, isn't that everything, Timmy? And Timmy says, how about making sure your firstborn child is in the car before pulling out of a gas station in New Mexico? <laughs> this is where yes. the uh, this is, this the is where the this is where the dirty laundry drying comes out. <laughs> this is yeah, the I turn. guess he's just been constantly thinking about this because why would this come up now? Like I just thinking not to about say this cars. is a sparring moment for him, but thinking about cars, thinking about his family being mean to I him. I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. It does seem like he's sort of you know, maybe at first it seemed like he was getting Timmy to, you know, try lightening up. Now it seems like he went and got Timmy to be, uh, to air his true thoughts to his family. Yeah, to kind of, yeah, kind of speak through another yeah. mouth. Marie says, Robbie, that yeah. was 30 years ago. Robert says, I don't have a problem with it. And then I love how, I love the camera work in this scene where we're going close on Timmy and... Yep. <laughs> he just sort of looks around, and Deborah says, uh-oh. Um, Frank, by the way, uh, I love Frank's interaction with the puppet of yelling at him, how do you know you weren't there? <laughs> um, turns out Robert was, was still in the men's room. Uh, they drove in, Marie says they drove only an hour before they realized uh, that he wasn't sleeping in the back and turned back around. Timmy says, mm-hmm. only two That's hours, excellent mother. That's too long. Yeah. That's too long. Oh, oh, my God. Like, you could get around the block and I'm on it with you, but, like, oh, my God. That is that is obscenely, that's obscenely long to be like, oh, it's quiet in here. And nobody noticed. Robert? Yeah, that's that. Not even Ray, who presumably was yeah. in the back seat with him. That's yep, not, yep. I mean, that's kind of classic Ray, though, isn't it? You know? Yep. Um, they missed, uh, Frank remembers this. He says, oh yeah, we had to turn around. We missed the tribal dances. Frank says Ray would have liked it because those ladies don't wear very much. Um, which at first I, Ray is also responds very positively to this comment as well. If you look at, <laughs> if you watch Ray, uh, does he actually, I did not look like, at, uh, oh, hmm. um, I mean, this is a continuation That's, on the it's a little weird right. Joke. It's a. I, it took me a second to realize that it was a callback to the halter top, um, uh, which is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at the rest stop, says Timmy. A couple of oh, you missed the tribal dances. Meanwhile, back at the rest stop, a couple of truckers want to braid Robert's hair. Jeez, dude. This clearly was a traumatic incident for Robert mm-hmm. that he's never had a chance to process in uh you know professional uh therapeutic uh situation um so I don't it's coming think he out goes by to therapy, a puppet period i think he, he should. should he should i think this I is i think this episode was the most therapy robert's gotten in a long time i think yeah, a, yeah, uh, yeah. i think when a cop maybe they didn't do this back then when a cop shoots somebody don't they have to go to therapy um they they have a lot of things like that yeah i'm pretty sure robert 16 years on the NYPD has shot somebody at this point, don't you think? Or at least pizza. Do you think he had to go to therapy after he hit that guy with the pizza? In the 90s? No. (laughs) Uh, I will say, like, there are, of course, cops that that do, you know, fire their weapon in the line of duty. I don't think it's as common as, like, movies make it seem that way. Um you know, it depends. It ultimately depends on 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 what kind of cases he's dealing with. I don't 
know if Robert has ever has ever been in that situation. I, I don't. I wonder. Well, if we That's think all. about our our you know spinoff for Robert, the Robert Barone mysteries, I feel like oh then yeah he's then yeah he's firing. dangling people yeah. over the sides of buildings by their ankles, and oh, given what we think Robert's evenings are like on the night shift, he's probably killed several people. Um, I agree, probably. Uh, oh, I was aiming for his leg, but I accidentally hit him point blank in the brain. Um, they're all, you know, Marie is protesting and, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember what she said. I didn't write it down, but, you know, they, they protest this. They're, uh, you know, like, come on, Timmy. There's no defending this. There's uh, no defending no. this. That, that's a big mistake. But, uh, Timmy says, oh, great family. Long as everybody's eating, everybody's happy, right? Uh, just ask your husband, Burp and Slurp, he's saying to Marie. It's a good nickname. He says, how come you're not saying anything about Deborah? And Timmy doesn't have a, says, Oof. I don't have a problem with Deborah. You're all right, cookie. Ha-cha-cha-cha. What and an this awkward. this continues the, uh, the not-so-subtle yeah. Robert has a thing for Raymond's wife. Yeah, that's a, Deborah, honestly, yeah. I feel like that crosses a line a lot more than uh, the parent oh. stuff. Like, we would 100%. expect Robert to use the puppet to tell off his parents, but to, you know, uh, hit on his brother's wife? I, that's not good. That's Ray, a yikes. Ray yeah, stands right. up. He's like, okay, traffic school is over now. And Frank says he's tired of Timmy's mouth. Timmy says, sit down, shiny. And that's when Frank is like, you want a piece of me? And he goes, he raises his fist. And Ray grabs him. He's like, dad, dad, it's a puppet. This reminded me yeah. of, in, in in interviews with people that have worked on Sesame Street and like have and also have, um, like, Seth Meyers, I was thinking of, of this. He was talking about his interactions with Kermit because there was a time when he was on SNL that they had Kermit do weekend update with him, and it was it's kind of it was kind of cute. And he was talking about how in rehearsal he completely forgot that there was a human being under there, and he was just talking to Kermit <laughs> like a like a like a like a like a person. I feel like that if you're a good puppeteer, that happens because like when I'm watching. The Muppets or Elmo or Randy Feltface or something like that. Yeah, it, it's it's easy to forget that this is like, you know, that's there's a person under there making a move around. Um, yeah. Robert is not that good a ventriloquist, as he shouldn't be, but like you see his mouth moving and stuff like that. Yeah, there's uh, so no it takes effort, the illusion away. No effort to hide his mouth moving or anything, but I think. But the, he's also not a ventriloquist. The camera work, yeah. I think does a bit of that for us, though, Mike. Of you know when it goes close up on Timmy, um, true. You know, getting like reaction shots from him, like yeah, you do start to. Um, Especially at the start when Robert is more like interacting with Timmy in like a classic ventriloquist way of like, oh, come on now, Timmy. Like that's uh, that separation, you know, we as the audience can sort of buy into that. It's like, okay, Robert's playing both or Brad Garrett's playing both Robert and Timmy in this scene. Whereas as Robert's true feelings start to come out through Timmy then like that separation completely breaks down and we're seeing mm -hmm. Brad Garrett is playing Robert who is just expressing himself in this different voice. Um, but no, totally. I think it would be great. Um, as long as we're pitching reboots of this show, why not do, you know, all the same episodes and plots and everything, but it's puppets. Um, you know, we get Jim Henson 
involved, uh, or the company anyway. The man is dead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I have some bad news about Jim Henson, man. Um, and it's, you know, every episode is the same. We've got Puppet Bernie, uh, and, you know, maybe we do, we'll start with the, uh, the waitress one. Where we've got Puppet Bernie and, you know, Puppet Angelina's leaning over him and he's checking and her out. And there's still, I still like the idea that, like, they're, they're all puppets except Robert's still played by Brad Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Because the Muppets always have, like, one human yeah, actor. Yeah, that's true. I think that's got to be Robert. <laughs> and that makes his height, like, even more funny. Yes, agreed, agreed. Anyway, Timmy says that uh, if this was Raymond's traffic school... Everybody would be sitting there without a peep, but the minute this poor slob, and then I like how Timmy, the Timmy voice starts to turn back into the Robert voice as he's doing this. <laughs> um, the minute this poor slob needs any, anything, everybody makes with the jokes. And then he and Robert are sort of deflated. They get up, they leave. Uh, it's a very like, uh, the tone change is real there. Um, mm -hmm. we cut to then Ray coming over to the Barone kitchen. The lights are off. It's a great, uh, gag here. He turns the lights on and he sees Timmy sitting at the table. Uh, little jump scare there. And he's calling for Robert and he turns towards Timmy and he's like, what have you done with Robert? Um, <laughs> and we see him go into, go back. And we've talked about the layout of this house before. It goes back, you know, to the rear of the kitchen set and, this is our confirmation that that is a hallway leading back uh, to Robert's room. This is our first time mm -hmm. seeing Robert's room. Uh, we've It's sort of like wood paneled, like uh, very warm uh, sort of decor. Giants and Nick's pennants, a dartboard, um, several large posters of the moon and space, which I didn't know was an interest of Robert's. It's got a big globe. He's got giants and Nick's pennants. He's got the Art Shamsky jersey in the, oh, in the corner. That. that that checks out because yeah. of the dog. Um, he's it's, got. A, it's interesting to me that it was. Sorry, go ahead. He's got a twin bed. Is that what you were gonna say? That is hilarious. I that think was that not was what a I was gonna say. Great little detail. Great little detail. I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna talk about Art Shamsky. Oh sure. Bit. Go ahead. Or, Tell us about Archie. No, we already did that, though, right on the dog episode. We did. I was going to talk about, like, Archie was a mediocre ba uh, Mets baseball player, as we know. Um, but what was interesting to me is it looked like it was a Yankees jersey that was hanging up. It was like the black and white with the pinstripes. And I was just like, did Art Shamsky ever play for the Yankees? And I'm pretty sure he didn't. But even if he did... That it's it's weird to me that uh, that he would have that over the Mets. You know, he was definitely more famous over. The, no, I just looked it up. He did not play for the Yankees at all. So either someone made a mistake. Maybe it's like or a bootleg just, jersey. Yeah, maybe Frank just yeah. got a good deal on a on a on a special jersey. I would believe that. You know, he got fake signed balls. Uh, why not get a fake jersey? Um. Yeah, that's true. interesting. That's man. very true too. But I also, I yeah. could also see like maybe someone in the props department just isn't big on baseball and just kind of threw a jersey up there. Maybe yeah, uh, yeah. it was like a special, like uh, I don't know what the theme would be. Like, oh, it's Hydrox Day at Shea Stadium, and everyone gets a black and white jersey. Yeah, they would never do that for the for the Mets. They would never do it like they wouldn't do oh, Hydrox Day. Yankee themed. Yeah, no, that's that's not how that works. What about Oreo Day? Day? Yeah, no. 
No, yeah. Hydrox. It has to be Hydrox. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I was just going to say, uh, you know, Robert has a twin bed, uh, and he has several, like, glasses, like, water glasses on the dresser, and he's also got a barometer on the wall. Um, hey. It does definitely oh, feel like this is Robert's childhood bedroom, right? Oh, 100% it is, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And he hasn't gotten a new bed. He hasn't taken down his, uh, you know, posters of the moon and space since the 70s. It's a very interesting insight into Robert. Yeah, I actually guess, you know, space is probably a lot more popular in the 70s since the moon just happened. You don't think space is popular anymore? I mean, it's we don't talk about it as much. I think you're probably right. It's not exciting anymore. People go to space all the time now. Yeah, there's like no, there's never like breaking story. Guy in space. Yeah, it's not a historic like, yeah. moment when people go to space. <laughs> yeah, <now. laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in space. We get it. Yeah, there's like fifty people in space right now. It's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. So it's an interesting insight into Robert. Uh, and space. Ray comes in. Um. To Robert's room, he apologizes for telling him to lighten up. Uh, Robert says, it's all right, I gave it a shot. Ray says, yeah, it went well. That Timmy's got a lot of issues, though, huh? Uh, And Robert says, you know Timmy's just a puppet. And Ray's like, yeah, I know. Just just good to hear you say it. Uh, Which is funny. I thought that was funny. Uh, Robert Mm -hmm. says he made an ass out of himself. Uh, Ray says, yeah, you know, people, you know, people like balloon animals. Um... But the parents always told Robert, Marie always told Robert that, you know, anytime you need anything, the family will help you. He says, I fell for that every time. And Ray says, you know, this parenting stuff is just not their field. Uh, Robert says, well, they did all right by you. Uh, And Ray says, and you know, you're not the only one who gets to be, uh, what, you don't own suffering or something like that? He's not dealing with trauma is basically what he was saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mm. And he says, you were neglected. Try being smothered. Uh, I used to, Robert says, I used to pray for smothered. Um, But Ray says, you know, and this, I love this part of the episode. I love when they give these like illustrative examples of Marie being overbearing or like, you know, a couple episodes ago, I think we had the um, the detail about Marie telling Robert that the ice cream truck song meant that the ice cream man was out of ice cream. Like, I love those jokes. Right, right. Um, Marie became the cafeteria monitor when Ray was in school to make sure that he ate all his food and kept his sweater on and sat with her. Um, and then Robert remembers how once Ray started walking to school, Marie used to follow him all the way, hiding from tree to tree. Um, and Ray says, oh my God, that's the crazy tree lady from my dreams. <laughs> uh, Robert says, nightmares, huh? When's the last time you had one? Ray says, he just had one four days ago. Uh, and then he says, so the jumping canoe guy is, Robert says, dad. Uh, we don't get yeah. to hear that story, but you know, you can imagine. Uh, Robert, you know, this lightened or cheers Robert up a little. He thanks him for coming over. You know, it really did make him feel better to know that the parents didn't do great by Ray either. Uh, Ray says, yeah, I should talk to them. And Robert says, want to borrow the dummy? And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. A great scene. I love those, like, you know, their memories of growing up in this crazy family. Um, Our hot clothes is Marie and Frank's kitchen. 
Frank is eating breakfast. Um, Robert comes in, he's, you know, makes his breakfast at the counter, sits down, turns and jumps when he sees that, uh, so recall that Timmy was sitting at the table when Ray came over the previous mm -hmm. night, turns and see that Timmy's head is ripped off. Um, and Frank Just says- Just a big stick. Frank says, not so funny without his head, is he? And Robert says, what'd you do with him? Uh, you know, Marie in the background walks in, opens the freezer, sees Timmy's head in there and screams. And then Frank <laughs> just laughs maniacally as sinister organ music plays over it and they fade out. And that's the end of the I episode. Loved, I that's loved this love so much. Yeah, that was great. It was the, the Godfather-esque part of this that was just wonderful. Every I really liked it. It was so funny in that. Um, just a great episode honestly i loved it so let's turn our attention to the classic barometer uh as we always do we're gonna rate ray on a scale from one to ten one being the batman of television history walter white and don draper and uh ten being the great sitcom dads of all time your danny tanner uncle phil carl winslow gomez adams sure mike uh alex give me another one no mm, come on that was powerful. Uh, you can I, I can't. I don't know. Uh, uh, fuck. Who's a dad? Maybe not um, a dad. Maybe a surrogate dad. A chosen a dad. Grew from Despicable Me. That's good. That's good. There you go. What did you put out there? He said Grew from Despicable Me. He oh, actually, yeah. That's a good, a good one. He's a good dad. That's a good one. Not a sitcom, but a com movie. Comedy movie. Sure. Yeah. We'll take it. I sit it. to watch it, so sit. Um, <laughs> I sit, Don't put me I on the spot like to that, watch it. even though, you know, we had a week between episodes and I could have, you know, thought about it, but just didn't. Yes, you, both of you should always be thinking about who's a great sitcom dad, who's a 10. Who's a good sitcom dad, because yeah. Because you really. never know which one of you is going to get called on, so you should always have one in the chamber. Um, oh, look at you. But those God, are school. the... Uh, the end points of the scale. Let's find out where Ray is falling uh, this week. I'll go first. I am going to give Ray yeah. a four uh, because oh. here's why. Um, other than Ray reconciling with Robert, you know, you can argue about the whether it's okay for Ray to be making fun of Robert as he tries to do the traffic school. You know, whatever. We as the audience enjoy it. We like the heckling. It's funny. We're thinking at a really interpersonal level, like as if these are real people, which is what we do for this exercise. Um, if you were trying to do something at your work that was very important to you, that had real material consequences, we know that Robert gets paid extra to teach traffic school and this might get taken away from him because he's not doing a very good job at it and he wants to practice with his family. If your little brother is busting your balls the entire time that you're trying to do it to the point where you are unable to do it for longer than 10 minutes before you give up and leave and then go and, you know, are driven to uh, verbally uh, harass your family over, you know, mm -hmm. past transgressions. That's not very nice, you know? Like... That's a true point. Ray is the driving force that drives Robert to that point. And the fact that, I mean, he makes up for it at the end and they have a nice bonding moment. But if, you know, they wouldn't have to do that if Ray hadn't been such a dick while Robert was trying to do this. 
So I'm giving him a four. Mike. That's reasonable. I don't know if I'm going to go that low. Um, I, I, I give him a five. Uh, yeah, like, he's... You're right. It's a bit of a dick move, but also, like I said, I also think it was kind of inconsiderate of Robert to do all of this stuff too, uh, and force him t- to sit down. Also, Robert rats him out for for having this traffic ticket. He knew that that uh, that uh, that Ray didn't like it. I think that you know, Ray got in trouble. Heckling isn't. I don't think that's. I think that's a uh, a fair correspondence. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. It wasn't. I- Ideal. I also get it. I think it was fairly neutral. Uh, overall, I'm going to give him a five. He also was a great right. brother at the end by having that very, very wholesome like moment where they're sitting around experiencing or reliving that uh, shit that Marie put put her put them through together. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, so I, yeah, I'm going to stay with a five. Okay, Alex. Uh, I, I was going to go even higher than that. Uh, Adam had some great points. Um, I do think it was kind of a big dick move of Ray to kind of like, uh, like completely throw off Robert's, uh, attempts at this because, you know, it's important to him. He does need this to, you know, earn a little bit of extra cash. It's not like his job itself was on the line, so the stakes weren't gigantic, but there were stakes there for him. But again, Mike is also very right in saying that, like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is probably a weekday and it's probably it's it's sun's down. And as we have established, we're like in like mid spring. So it's late, like at least eight o'clock, probably nine by the time they start. Uh, And, you know, Robert's saying it's going to take three hours if they rush. It's like, really? We're going to be done at midnight? Um, you know, these got, they got lives to live. (laughs) Marie and Frank are old, you know, they got to go to bed. Um, so whatever I, what I give Ray here, uh, I'm going to go five and a half and I would go a lot lower for Robert just because, uh, I think he was the driving force of negativity here, but I agree with all. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm, I'm with, I'm with you, Alex. If this was, um, if that was if that was the thing, if we were judging Robert, Robert would be really, really, really low. But that's not the that's not what the barometer is about. Nope. I think you, for what it's worth, I think you both make excellent points, and I think it comes down to really how we perceive each number between us. Like I see five as Ray's not doing anything particularly wrong, whereas you know, as my final justification for four, I do think despite Robert you know, inconveniencing his family, Ray is still being a dick. So I think we're all speaking our truth here. Mike, what's the mm-hmm. average, though, between 4.5 and 5.5? That comes out to a 4.83 for this episode. All right, let's call it 4.8 and log it in our little book where we write these down. Um, Alex, if you... It's going to be tough because we're out here on the water, but if you want to just roll that up and put it in a bottle and push it towards the general direction <laughs> of Limbrook University. Oh, shit. That, um, that's, that's, that's towards England. Hang on. <laughs> you threw it straight east. Good thing we got more. Good thing we had two bottles. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mike, oh, you went through a, that. That uh, one hit a seagull. <laughs> Mike, you're you're going through this um, this uh, Kevin James wine fairly quickly. Are you you're feeling okay? You're not. Uh, I'm good. You're co- I'm vibing. coherent. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I just, I know we... I, I typically, I don't feel anything till bottom, bottom number three, so... Okay. Hang on, you done with that one? We brought the whole, uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole case. I just wanted to hit the seagull again. <laughs> Fuck the seagulls. You guys are very hostile to the seagulls. Um, but anyway... Seagulls are evil. So that's going in the general direction of Limbrook University. Hopefully they'll get that and uh, send us our money, of course. Uh, we thank Limbrook University and the Will and Belinda Gates Bates sorry, Foundation so much for funding no this project. No relation. Um, but that means that's it for us on this episode of Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Barone Zone. You can email us at Raymond at PostFun.org. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you might get some free apparel from shop.postfun.org. Um, we got to start advertising that at the beginning of the show. I think people... Yeah, true. I think people, people people stop listening after the barometer. No. After the barometer, it is literally as if we copy and paste the ending. No. This is the first time that we've thrown a bottle of Kevin James wine at a seagull in the ending. <laughs> That's, you know, what? That's a fair point. That's a fair, fair. point. I'm but not saying I'm it'll saying be the last one, but it is maybe the first put one. That, maybe we put that ad in the beginning, too. Maybe. So as you heard in the beginning, uh, you know, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and you too could win, not you too, and you could win a uh, piece of apparel from shop.postfund.org. Uh, we'll be announcing the winner of that shortly, so get those reviews in, please. Other than that, I don't know if there's anything else to mention. Um, anything else, Mike? Nope, just our, fi- our classic sign-off. Uh, so thank you all very much for listening, and until next time, always remember that everybody loves Raymond, and we love you. you. <laughs>